0: This episode of Kicks and Bricks is sponsored by the b YouTube channel, a channel of walk and tours, nature walks, bike rides, and sightseeing in the Illinois area. Check it out at youtube.com forward slash B-D-F-O-S-H-A-G-E-R. Make sure to like, subscribe, and click that notification bell. Once again, it's the b YouTube channel. and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes. Shoes.
1: shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler.
0: What up? Welcome to a new edition of Kicks. Pulling up today is one of the greatest to ever lace them up. The man, the myth, the legend, skips to my Lou, Ray for Olson What's up, Ray? How you doing?
1: Man, I'm doing good. Doing good,
0: man. Man, so um, how you doing? Like, how's life out there in Texas right now?
1: Uh, life's good. Life's good, man. Weather's good. I mean, we had a little rocky uh, ice storm before. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, life's good. Uh, teaching, training kids, coaching my uh, 12-year-old son's basketball team. Uh, just living life man.
0: You know you um you mentioned the cold snap from a few weeks ago like I know you're probably used to it but like how did other people in your neighborhood kind of deal with it?
1: Uh, Oh it's tough for them. We're in a, a part of we're in a region of the United States where you know people aren't used to that type of stuff uh houses and uh the piping plumbing systems aren't aren't built for that type of weather uh it it didn't that that situation only comes like once in a while once like you know once every 20 years out around here so you know it it, it was tough for everybody
0: you know i never seen nothing like that before like i even know cold weather can affect people like that like did you have any like problems at your house did you like go to a hotel or or anything or did you just dug it out
1: yeah i I had to go to a hotel had some pipes some pipes burst a sprinkler system yeah but it, it there's nothing, man. They they fix those quick, rather quickly. Yeah, you know, it's if you have house damage, that might take a little long. Like yeah, if it really damaged your house or like the roof or anything like that, then it might take a little a little longer.
0: All right. So like before the pipes and before the cold weather Texas and before you were skipped. Like, can you tell me like, what uh, like, like what was Ray for like growing up?
1: <laughs> man. Um. Rayfield right is like uh, most kids growing up in the inner city and in you know, tough, rough environments, man, that, you know, inspire to play sports. But at the same time, you know, you, you're going through what you're going through uh, as far as from a family life standpoint or, you know, living conditions and things like of that nature. You know, you're just trying to figure out, man, it's tough, it's not easy because you're, you're, you find yourself uh, uh, taking chances, I would say the least. Um, you know, you find yourself. Uh, one minute I'm in the park playing. That's the that's the fun part. But you know, you leave the park with your friends. As you keep getting older, you just don't know what you might grow up and start doing. You know what I'm saying? Or or, or get yourself into because the allure of all these different these different things, which are you know predominantly negative at the time, uh, it's all it surrounds you in those in those neighbors and those environments.
0: Like in your opinion, like what was the best thing about growing up in New York back then?
1: Oh, the best, the best, the uh, the best thing about growing up in New York back right then, man, made you tougher. Uh, you were very aware, um, um, and then then you you have, you you learn how to face you know reality uh, head on, you know, because it's right, it smacks you in the face at a young age, you know. So you're you're able to deal with a lot of things that uh, most kids your age probably have a hard time dealing with.
0: Like I think you grew up like during the crack era, right? Like eighty five, eight through like the like the early nineties.
1: Yeah, indeed, indeed.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, um, since you're, from, since you're from Jamaica, did you have any interactions with the Supreme Team? Because um, because we had Bimmy on a few weeks ago, and I know he was heavy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah I would, definitely, man, definitely. Uh, like I said, as soon as you come outside, you know where we from. As soon as you come outside, and you know, uh. Um, like I said, those are the those, that's the decision choice we face with, man. It's it's not easy, man. You know, I tell everybody um that speaks from a standpoint that having grown up in this situation, they think it's easy. It's not easy. Yeah, um, because you 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 you're you're seeing and facing your your situation, like I said, at home and you know, uh and then you're you're wanting in the, the finer things in life and, and you 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 know um Sometimes for most kids, it's hard to say no. But then the other side of you is thinking, you know what? You know, I still want to pursue my basketball. I want to play ball and I, I need to go to school. I need to do the right things. That's what, so you're trying to juggle both and it's tough.
0: You know, one of my close friends, like when he played ball, like he used to play and hustle at the same time. And to me, mm-hmm. that, that was wild. Like, um, like when um when you were growing up, like, did you ever like do anything like that? or? or did you know anybody that um was about that double life?
1: Nah, that's something I was into. You know, that's something I was into and, and, and all aspects of it, you know what I'm saying? It was, you know, to a lot of my friends I played with in different boroughs. I grew up in Queens, but I still played with kids from the Brooklyn, Bronx, Harlem, but you know, to them, they didn't know about it. You know what I'm saying? Because that's one, like I said, a lot of things I learned, you learn fast. I learned to just keep it with basketball with them. I know it when I was back home, right out of the way. I knew what it was, you know, when I was back around the way. So, um, not everybody knew, you know. But it's tough, man, because both sides need your undivided attention. The basketball and school need your undivided attention. Then, if you're trying to play in the streets, the streets need your undivided attention because you need to know what's going on at all times. You know what I'm saying? So that's when the friction comes in, because you might spend way too much time on one side of it than the other, and then then one the one side suffers.
0: Wow, that's crazy. So, like, you had like the work with you, like in your book bag or whatever, when you went to go hoop.
1: Well, I never, well, it really like in my coat or whatever, <laughs> you know. What oh, I'm your saying? Coat? Yeah. So, what happens is too is you know you put your coat down. You about to go on court, man. You gotta let everybody know that that, that coat is a is a, a no <laughs> no. Don't mess with don't mess with rule. So you know, uh, but it, like I said, it was just it was just it was just the, the times, man just the times. There's nothing to me I tell everybody nothing to glorify but that we can go if we go back on I wish we, I wish I never you know, interacted with that and that never did it.
0: You know, that's a very mature way of a, kind of looking back on things. But um when you were growing up, like who are some ball players that you um looked up to?
1: Man, growing up, you know so crazy basketball man. For me, I looked up to a lot of people, man. Local guys that was in the park, that was nice. Then, you know what I mean, you you I could I look up to them. Then if I went in the house and watched college basketball, so at that time, in the early, the mid-80s, you know, you got Rod Strickland, Mark Jackson, Pearl Washington, all these different guys uh, playing. Uh, Then you had guys come in right after them, like Boo Harvey, all these players, uh, Khalid Reeves, Kenny Anderson, Derek Phelps. Uh, And then you had your pro. I had my pro guys that I looked up to, Uh, you know, the the Isaiah Thomas, the uh, Magic Johnsons, you know, all those guys as well.
0: Do you remember the first time you picked up a ball, or um, and first when did you realize that hoop was your calling? Well, like- well
1: I, I realized at a young age that hoop was my thing, you know. Um, uh, I, I can't really exactly remember exactly the first time I picked the ball, but I know I was around five something, when they took me to the park, and like two years later, I started going to the park by myself, you know, what I'm saying all with my friends, other little seven, eight, nine year old kids. Uh, um, you know, um, but at the end of the day. From the very first time, it was just the game to me. It was, I knew it was my call because it was something I wanted to do all day, every day. So even when I was in that an that, in apartment building, you know, uh, I would always play ball, act like I'm playing ball throughout the house and and, and, and put the hang on the door, ball up this, a bunch of socks and shooting it, you know. So every time I turn around, everything was, had to deal with doing basketball. So that's when I knew that's what I wanted to play. You know, my 12 year old son does the same thing now. And that's why I tell his mom, like, that's how I know he wants to play. Is when everything he does every all his movement has something to do with basketball Then you know he he fell in he loves the game he fell in love with the game
0: like like growing up like when you came from the store like and if like you were like walking did you kind of like move like you was on the court like kind of like dodging in between um defenders or whatever right. we did like everything. swinging around the pole or like, we did
1: everything man the the Act like the don't walk sign was the dream. Yeah. and we to go dunk on it, swing on like it, we dunk. Yeah, we did, we did all that, man. Shoot, shoot the trash into the the garbage can that might be on the corner, or whatever. We did everything, man. Everything involved, everything, everything involved around basketball.
0: All right, so like during, so like during your come up, um, like AAU back then was like a big thing. They had Gaucho's and Riverside. Like, um, which team did you play for? I was trying to look it up, but I couldn't find it to save my life.
1: Oh, I play, I play a little bit of Riverside. Uh, growing up, and then when I was seventeen, sixteen, seventeen, I played a little bit with uh, um, uh, Long uh, the Long Island Panthers, which was Gary Charles. I think they called New York Panthers. If they still had a team now. And I then, and then I also played a couple of couple of events with uh, Aim High, with Kev Jackson, uh, Vincent Smith. So, you know, but I play I play the Riverside quite a bit.
0: You know, like in your opinion, like what made those times like so special? Because to me. Like to me, that was the golden age of New York hoop back then, like ninety one, ninety two, ninety three.
1: Well, what made it special is that all the best kids were playing for one of the, one of those two teams. So whenever you whenever those teams faced each other and matched up, it was always going to be a good game because the best kids in the city was playing with with one of those two teams. Uh, so it, it, that's what made it so special, man. And it was always a uh, um, uh, a grudge match. It was always intense. You know what I'm saying. And, and um, you, whenever you played with those teams or played in a tournament, man, you and the game was over. You you wanted you wanted to play again and again and again because you knew you just had you knew you just played against some of the best uh, players in the city. You know, so not everybody can go to their neighborhood and play play against some of the best players uh, in their neighborhood because not everybody's neighborhood is is that good. You know what I'm saying. So, but. When you played with Riverside and you knew every time it was a tournament, man, you had, you had one of some of the best games.
0: You know, um, did you ever hoop against Lamar Odom and, and Ron Artest and Elton Brand? Because I, I know they was on the same um, AAU team back then. Did you ever but they, well, uh, you, 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 match up against them?
1: Th- those guys are younger than us. And by time, see, the by, by time they played, it got a little bit more, like, almost, we want to say, watered down. You know what I'm saying? It, it, see, when we were all playing – Um. It wasn't. It was. You didn't need to put all those the best players on one team. You know what I'm saying? Like if you look at that team, man, it's that's tough for anybody to play against. We got Lamar, Ron, Elton. Even their guards was good. You know what I'm saying? I think Eric Barkley saw them play with those kids. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? Not so many teams could beat them. You know the problem is with our team is you could put a mediocre kid on the team with us, and it 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 was a little bit more organic back in the 80s, 70s 80s and early 90s it was a little bit more organic when it comes to those those uh those teams because you had a you had some top flight players that was playing in public school and cabin school high school but you also had some dudes that was on it that probably wasn't playing on their school team but that was just as good and no one heard of them you know what i mean so it was a little more i want to say a little more organic than trying to pull the top of the line players and put them all on one team you know what i'm saying you talking you talking about three kids young men at that time that was probably the top three in the city of the state when we were playing that you didn't have to have all that you got two you got one top number one player in the state of city and you got the rest of them like just if they the top 50 or top 100 and it was going to be it was going to be a, a good game
0: all right so like eventually you went to cordoza like what what made you pick that high school over other schools like like a school like in jackson or something like that
1: well, I, I I just wanted to go to Cardo because uh, one of my, a friend of mine, Raheem Oates he was playing there, and we from the same neighborhood, so he he really wanted that really made sure that I went to that school. We felt the other school was gonna you know it was just gonna be a hangout and everything, um, everything. I did I, I really wanted to go to Malloy or, uh Holy Cross. But then, if for some reason, when I realized it was all boys, I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> okay, I feel
0: you on that one, man. Yeah, I was like,
1: nah, man, I'm going to be in school for four, four years, all boys. Man, that's not going to work. Looking back on it, I wish I, had, I wish I had went to one of them schools, though. When I look back on it, mm-hmm. uh, the, the best thing would have been to go to one of them schools and, and just you know, hone in and buckle down the boats.
0: Like, like looking back on things, do you feel you took your high school career for granted?
1: It's not that not for granted. It's just... I just let it go by the wayside. I just let it go. I just, you know, after my sophomore season when I was averaging twenty-five points per game, I just that just I just let it go. You know what I'm saying? I didn't. I stopped focusing. Really stopped going to class. Really, just you know, the care factor wasn't there. But yet, I know I was letting not just myself down and my mom and dad, but letting my teammates down because you know they, they and my coach down because they counted on me. You know what I mean? We we wouldn't go too far without me on that team during that time.
0: Hey Amen. But um in the end it it all worked out for you I mean it's all about the journey and how you learn from things so I think um it was kind of meant for you to to do that and like go to prep school in in North Carolina
1: well the, um I, I would say the, what happened in Cardoza helped me in life um because it made you maybe stronger it makes you 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 you're self-aware of the things you're doing to yourself you know because I had nobody to blame about my high school days but myself by not showing up to class and all the time. When I went to Launberg, um, Launberg was a disaster from a standpoint, not to school, but just the guys that were there with me. These were guys from New York City that's down there acting the, acting the fool. You know what I'm saying? So when I got there, I think they record was like eight and six or something like that. When I got there, God bless his soul, the coach, Gil Reynolds, from the first game, they told them, they told all them dudes who I knew all of them, they, they told them, give, give me the ball. They think, yo, yo, give him the ball. You know what I'm saying? So I had like 22 points at halftime. We was playing um, Shaman Williams, who went to North Carolina. He went to school called Falk Union. So we're playing them. We're playing them. I got twins at halftime. These dudes want to fight. Hold on. My daughter's crying. Yeah, we're, up, so we're, we're playing them at halftime. And at half. I mean, well, at halftime, these guys want to fight me because I'm scoring and helping <laughs> win because the coach told them to give me the ball. You know what I'm saying? So these are the kind of guys I was with, man. You know what I'm saying? So Lauren Brant only helped me from a standpoint that understand that not everybody on your team is team team guys. Not everybody that you're playing with want to see, want to see the next man on the team succeed. You know what I'm saying? I was clearly heading head shows above better than all of them that was there. Uh, when i on my way there, they knew what was coming. They knew one of the best players uh, at, that, at, at our age was coming down there. They knew all that. And yet... They wanted to. They wanted. They wanted to do whatever they can to not allow me to succeed, which was going to help the team succeed. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it helped me from that standpoint to realize, you know what, it could be. It could be even your friends. But not everybody wants you to succeed.
0: Did you ever see T Mac um, when you guys played in high school? Because I know he played no. at Mount Zion. I'm talking of
1: those guys. I'm older than okay, them, uh, like four or five years. I'm, I'm older than them. i I was a counselor at ABCD when T-Mac was at. That's how I'm older older than I am, older than them, than them. I was a counselor at ABCD when he was a camper.
0: <laughs> so, uh, oh, I thought you guys were all like around the same age. Nah, man, I, I'm exactly.
1: older than them, like four or five, maybe five
0: years. <laughs> all right. So, um, how did you get the nickname Skip? Like, how did that originate?
1: Skip came from playing a rucker Park. One day I was just thinking about what could I do to get this crowd off their feet. And I thought about it in the middle of a game. I said, man, if I get a two on one, three on one fast break, man, I'm just let the ball go and I'm just start skipping to get the defender to go for the ball. And if he go for the ball, I'm just going, I'm going to do something with the ball where he can't get it. And So what happened was the defender went for the ball as a three on one break. And I just caught it and wrapped it around my back and threw it to my teammate like that. And he just caught it in stride and just dunked it. And then everybody, uh, Duke Tango and Al Cash, I said, man, ladies and gentlemen, we got a new a nickname for him. Let's get to my Lou. You know who, Who'd ever thought that that nickname would stay with me for the rest of my life? I didn't, you know what I mean? Because when you're out there playing in mm-hmm. New York City, man, you, it's, it's what we do every day. You know, it's a, a basketball tournament every borough, on dinner, every, every corner, every park. So for me, it was like, oh, I just did a move. Something, I would I was, I was, would have did the same move in Queens or anywhere else. I would have just, I would have did, did something on somebody at some point, you know? So, you know, that's what happened.
0: Do you remember the first time you played um- in the rec League?
1: Yeah. I remember the first time, man. I was young, playing with some a bunch of guys that was high school All-Americans or or All-City and things like that. I was young. I was, like, 14, man. I was, wasn't getting a lot of playing time, but I was, like, you know, just in case we don't have enough guys, they're going to throw me out there. Then one time they threw me out there. And I'm just weaving it out. Everybody weaving up, dishing it, dishing it. And it, my first nickname was the Energizer. They called me the Energizer Bunny. So, you know, I was real small and everything. Then the very next year is when all them guys were done. And I was, I just, you know, the whole skits my loot thing just took over.
0: You know, like by the time you were 16, like you were like already a her a, a legend. This was like before yeah. YouTube and, and, and the internet, like um, did all that oh. attention like ever go to your head nah, a little man. bit?
1: Nah, you know, it's like I said, man, it was summertime. It was, I did it every day. Like, it, you don't, you don't have a record game every day. So if i had a run game on monday tuesday i might have a game somewhere in queens and i was gonna give i gave them a show then i'm on, on wednesday i might have a game in brooklyn i gave them a show you know what i'm saying thursday i might have a game in the bronx i put on the show so i guess that's what made me such a legend because every time and every place i went they was they 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 what the people came out to see i gave it to them you know what i'm saying even i played in the is8 in the, in the high school league that's still going to this day people that people that saw me play as a 15, 16 year old kid, they they knew every time man, he came in that gym, hey, it was gonna be it was gonna be a show. And so so many different people saw me so at so many different places playing uh rather than play, see me play in high school because I like I said I was in L most of the time they uh they got a chance to see uh, see me play all over the place you know what I'm saying they so they were like man it didn't matter and then what happened was too uh, people took me to play in pro amps so not only was I playing with my peers, I was playing in programs as well. And I was holding my own in all those programs. So it was like, this kid is one of the baddest dudes around, man.
0: You know, one of my favorite memories of about you playing in Rutgers was like the late dramatic entrances that you made. Like, was, <laughs> that, was that by design? Like, nah. Just to mess around every with the opponents? Time, or or are you just running on CP time, Every, basically?
1: every time I came late was because I didn't have a ride to get there. You know what I'm saying? So it was one of them things where I people don't know I hated coming late. I hated coming late because I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to bust them dudes behind from start to finish. So it just so happened that most of the guys that I was supposed to be rolling with, they take off and go up there before me. So now I'm I'm left figuring out okay at the last minute how well, I'm gonna get there. And I ended up having to take a taxi from Queens all the way to uh to, to, to Harlem. And you know by that time it's rush hour, all this stuff, so it's hard to get there. And, I mean, so I got just running in late. Man, I hate it. To this day, man, I hate coming in late.
0: Hey, man, like the, the coming late kind of added to the legend of Skip, though. Don't you yeah,
1: think? Yeah, yeah. Everybody thought it was, you know, he, he going to come late just so he get like, nah, listen, the worst thing is to come late and your team is down by like 10, uh, uh, 8, 10 points, you know what I'm saying? So I wanted to be early, you know what I'm saying? It was just that I was in Queens doing God knows what. I might have been shooting dice and I look at the time, and like, oh, snap, it's time for the game. I gotta hurry and get to this game. And that now when I'm looking for the ride, all the dudes that was going to the game, they already took off because they probably was, they would, like they said, <laughs> whenever they, whenever I catch up with them, they're like, we was looking for you. Like, yo, my man, we looking for you. We, you know, we, I was, yeah, mom, I was down the block. You know what I'm saying? And then I just had to take a taxi up there, man. So it happens,
0: man. Man, they, was, they didn't wanna miss the show, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, look. Um, I was watching the Blackout DVD the other day, and like I think, to me, like the record hasn't been the same since that year. Like, um, like you talk about like the Blackout game because I know you was playing with Fat Joe team back then, and um, and then Jay had his team. Like, do you think um that that was like the greatest game that was never played?
1: I don't know. See, everybody thinks that because of all the hype, the hype around it and all the players that were supposed to play. But I don't know if it would have been. You know what I'm saying? Because I, to me, people don't understand. Like, a lot of NBA guys supposed to play, who would just say they was going to come up there and play extremely hard on that type of floor? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, people don't understand that. Like, not everyone, not every NBA player is going to come out there and give them a go, go 100% on that concrete like that. Whereas a lot of us that grew up in there said, we used to playing on that. You know what I'm saying? So you just don't know. You don't know how the game would have went, you know what I mean? To me, around that time, everything was just a show at that time now. Uh, I think people would have been more happy to see Jay-Z than see the guys playing ball or see what celebrities that's gonna be in the park. Mm -hmm. So who's to say? No one would ever know what that game is gonna be like, you know what I'm saying? Rucker lost his lust when it it went from around the way teams, teams with neighborhood names, and then it went to uh, record label names. Once it went to the commercial when it once it got commercialized and it was, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was it was it was it was over. You know, you could see the descent in it every year. You know what I'm saying? When they when they had names, when team like to everybody, it was just neighborhood dudes. You know, you know what I'm saying? It was neighborhood guys with a couple of dudes, dudes like myself was playing with guys from my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? You had other guys that was going to college and the NBA that came back, might have played with guys that from their neighborhood. And it was just authentic, you know what I'm saying? But Nah, once it got to the uh, record label name, it was listen. You got people flying. You flying this dude? It was just a shootin'.
0: And hey man, I feel you on that. But if I was there and they would have had like Beyonce or somebody there, I mean, shit, man.
1: That's what I'm saying. You like forget like. the game, forget the game, <laughs> damn the game. I know if I was a fan, I'll see you dudes. When, um, I'll see you dudes in two, three more months when y'all on, on TNT. I want to see the celebrity and I ain't got time to be looking at this game. I seen y'all all summer long, you know what I'm saying? So who, who's the say? I think to me personally, things, you know, we all know things happen for a reason. It's, 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 it was a good reason that game didn't happen, man. Who knows what might have happened in that park, man? It could, have been, it could have been a melee in that park. It could have been a shootout. Who knows what would have happened in that park that day? It was too many people trying to get in that park. It was just too many people. It was too much going on. There's too many celebrities. There's too many... NBA guy, it was just a bit, it was a bit much,
0: man. Hey man, That day was the first day that I got on um, drunk, so but that's a story for another day. But, um, right. but, um, but, but you mentioned Melees, were you there when, um, when Cameron and um Jim Jones got jumped?
1: Nah, man, you know, I very rarely went to Rucker if it wasn't my game. I wasn't one of the dudes. I'm not going, I'm, I'm, I'm from Southside McQueen, so we we got enough. Activity, excitement going on, you know what I'm saying, all throughout Queens. Then <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I only went up there when I played, man. I Have to be honest with you. I, mean, I think maybe once, maybe twice. I probably went up there to watch a game and catch a game of that. But other than that, and I had to be up there. So if I was okay. happen to be uptown, then I might have. You know what? You we know, go catch a game.
0: All right. Another um, flick I was watching the other day was Soul in the Hole, and then I read like the original plot of the movie it was supposed to be like. Booger in Brooklyn, uh, Sham Guy Uptown, yourself in Queens. I forgot somebody else from the Bronx. Um, was that something that you, um, that you were like aware of or is yeah. that just like rumor?
1: no, nah, nah that, that's what it was supposed to be. Uh, by, a, a woman by the name of Danielle Gardner and uh, her and all these people, they were putting this all together. And it was supposed to be like this big blockbuster, Think about kids playing, growing up playing on the asphalt, and, and you know, trying to pursue their NBA dream. You know, it was, it was good. You know, I, and I think uh, after a while, um, Booger Story started taking on more of a, the whole thing about soul and whole, and you know, I started taking on this big life of its own at that time. And then that's what they ran with. Um, uh, it was cool though, man. Like, and nothing, nothing. It was good to see. I thought, I thought the show, I thought everything about it was was pretty good. G- gave everybody a perspective about, you know. You know, I think what basketball really means to a lot of us in the inner city. I think that's what it did for uh-huh. people that's not from there. You know what I'm saying? You're not, you know, what about a kid that's in growing up in in in, in Wisconsin that don't know what how, like how serious basketball is to young kids in New York City?
0: Like, did you ever play against Booger?
1: Not only when I was really young, man. Only when I was young. It's it's, it's crazy, man. Two guys like him and myself to not really cross paths plenty of times out there. Was was, was kind of odd to me, uh, you know, I don't know about those guys. So, uh-huh. um, again, it probably, it had be, been hell. It had been a good game, you know what I mean? Like I said, people in Brooklyn are going to say, oh, he's better. I know everybody in Queens going to say, nah, Skip would have killed him. So, you know, that all remains to be seen.
0: Hey, man, and that's one of the other, you know, greatest games or the greatest matchups that never were. Like, the only thing you could do is just imagine.
1: Yeah, that's all it's gonna be. Because for everything he would do, you could say I could do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I, only I can say is I'm 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 a bigger guard, you know, because Boog is like five nine, you know, so to that degree, five nine ish or whatever. Only I can only I can say is I'm I'm six two six three, so I'm a bigger guard, you know what I mean? But other than that, I, I would never detract from his his game, man. He hit tough. He was oh, nice. tough. He tough with that ball, man. He, he, his IQ, of the game was, was, you know, at a young age, like I, I played against him when I was 10, 11 in Brooklyn. And that, And then after that, we never really crossed paths like that throughout our whole, the whole rest of our lives. We never really crossed paths.
0: All right. So, like, in between playing at the Rucker, like, you eventually went to um, junior college. Can you talk about that experience and how did that, you know, kind of help you propel yourself for, um, for Division One?
1: Uh, again, that's a junior college back then. Remember, it's not D one. It's tough. You got everybody trying to make it out. You know, everybody wants to get that scholarship. You know, even junior college coaches try to get out of it. They try to help. They can get get a job in Division mm-hmm. one. Um, um, a lot of things you had to do on your own. You had to wash your uniform. You had to find something to eat on your own. It's not oh, like where oh, you eat with the team. And that's how it was back then in, in, in the mid nineties. So, um, but it made it made you appreciate the work ethic. You know, we had to go to the weight room mm-hmm. on our own. You know what I'm saying? So we, had, if, we wanted to, if we wanted to get up a lot of shots, we had to get up a lot of shots on our own. So it made you uh, work that much harder um, and you appreciated the grind once we, a lot of us end up getting on scholarships. I end up going to Fresno State right after I went to junior college. So it, it, you appreciate the work and you appreciate the process.
0: Did you catch Last Chance You Cause that oh. like kind of like, kind of like describes yeah. the junior college process.
1: Yeah. Well, so but remember, Last chance, you was on a California junior college. See, and I went to California junior college, so I can relate to those kids and what's going on out there. But you know, uh, other junior colleges are different. You know, there's a lot of stuff that they didn't talk about about them kids in, in uh, junior college in California. Last chance, you that all other kids in some of junior college, like in Florida, Kansas, or Debra, they they get a lot of stuff out there you don't get. Uh, but man, it was, it was it was great to see last chance, you and it made me call. All, I, I ended up hit. Uh, getting in contact with a lot of the guys I went to junior college with. Um, right, at, It's funny, right? After, the next day after I watched, I, I binge watched. I watched all episodes episodes throughout the one night. Like I went to bed. I started like nine, I'm you know, going to be like five of them. I watched every episode in one night. And I got up, in the next morning I called all my homeboys that I went to my uh, Ventura junior college with, Man, I said, you know, because we all still friends to this day, you know what I'm saying? And, I, and uh, those young men that's on Last Chance U, they, they had no idea that they're going to be friends for the rest of their life. You know, when you first go to junior college, you don't have no idea that you're about to be friends with somebody that you never knew, you don't grow up with. they from another city and state, and then you guys are friends for the rest of your life because, you know, we ended up winning state when I was out there at California, so I knew what it, I, They kept telling me, we got to win state. I was like, I know what that's like because I, I end up, you know, we end up winning state. I ended up getting MVP at the state finals in uh, California.
0: You know, like, after your junior college days, um, you eventually went to Fresno, but – but um but did you ever consider like Georgetown because it would have been interesting to like see you coached by um, John Thompson back then.
1: John, uh, John Thompson was somebody I, I wanted to play for since I was a little kid. And had they been recruiting me or wanting me, I listen, I would have ran. Even even if they even if John would have told me, you can't play, that's your style of ball. Here. I said, I don't care. I still play for him. Man. He's a great man. But once I went out there out west, I knew what was going to happen. I knew most of the out west schools were going to uh, – uh, come calling so you know, see some things happen for a reason and, and some things is in your best interest, man.
0: You know, playing playing at Fresno was um pretty good. You cause you had Tark out there and you also had Chris Heron, like um and he actually was one of our first guests. Can you talk about what was it like <laughs> like playing with him as a um,
1: teammate? Chris Heron was a tough player, man, tough teammate man. Just a uh, uh yeah he was just a fierce competitor, man. Uh it was great playing the back hole with him, um, you know. But both of us probably look back on that year that we, we probably could do things better. Um, There's a lot I wish I'd have, uh, was a little more aggressive to help us win more. You know, it, it was one of those years in, in, in basketball that probably haunts him and myself and all of us, all the guys. We, we had so many good players, man. We had a team full of like McDonald America, Juke All-Americans, and all kind of stuff. So, you know, we, that was one year that we let get away from us, man. But you know. Uh, it was Those guys were some fun guys to be around as well.
0: You know, while you were in college, the and one stuff just came out of nowhere. Like, can you tell us, like, how did that, like, change your life while you were um, in college? It didn't change my
1: life, to be honest. And one just it just heightened the the whatever people were thinking about skits, my little Ray Falls. They just took that to another level. And, um, you know. I don't know, it's going to me more fans, you know, like a different fan base. You know what I mean? So, you know, I could say, you know, that's what happened, man. But, you know, the, the beauty of it was to play, uh, to go on tour with some of those guys I played with and against in Rucker Park or throughout New York City. And then along the way, picking up all these guys that we knew nothing about from different states and, you know, just getting a chance to see these, you know, see what these guys could do with a basketball. You Know because other than that, you probably nobody would ever heard of them. So, you know, to get a chance to see all these guys to do with the basketball, man, was was was,
0: was impressive. Did they like kind of break you off a check or anything to kind of help you out <laughs> while you were out there, or did you just in college? Just let it out? Yeah, nah, man, nah, or, or like after college, don't get yourself in no trouble here. Well, after
1: that, well, no, nah, but in yeah. college, you didn't see in college when they, when they both got the tapes and stuff. They just mm-hmm. did it, like I said, I tell a lot of people that they did it so underhand, so sneaky. They ain't give but like this, they didn't give a damn about me. You know what I'm saying? They didn't give a damn about me, my mother, another. nothing. They didn't come offer any type of nothing. They just went with it. Whoever was got the footage of me playing in Rucker Park, uh, whoever was on board, it was like, you know, you know, they just did it for them old for their own for themselves, you know what I'm saying? But then it was when I got the NBA, they wanted to, you know, give me contracts to uh a part of the brand. So, you know, I just ran with it, you know, and, and, and you know, like, again, everything in life happens for a reason. It probably, it probably was a reason for me not to be involved with that process while I was in school, you know?
0: You know, is there any chance that, um, the N1 tour might come back at least for one summer? I'm not
1: sure. It's it's probably something that they're working on. You know what I mean? I, I hope it does. You know, what I mean, it gives it gives people that probably don't, are not going to make it to the NBA or go to college and play D one or D two basketball, it might get them something to do. You know what I'm saying? So I hope it does.
0: Yeah, me too. Because like, um, well, for me in my generation, the skip tape was everything. Man, I used to watch that thing all the time, all day, every day during the summer. So hopefully, like, if they do come back, maybe they can make um, somebody else can have their own skip tape or. Yeah. Right. Then, right. Yeah. And then it can inspire somebody else. Yeah. I hope so, man. Like 20 so. years from now.
1: Yeah. I hope, I, hope there, I hope there's a better skip to my little man.
0: <laughs> All right. So like after Fresno, um like you were like projected to be like a mid to late first round pick. I was, I was looking up some of the, um the pre-draft takes up uh, the pre-draft takes about you. Like you talk about like what were like your pre-draft workouts like and like who did you go up against?
1: Ooh man, I wanna forget well the pre-draft workouts they were good, they were tough. So you're going against all the top flight guards. So I went up against tyron Lou, Jason Williams, um White chocolate. White chocolate. Yeah. yeah. No, we all we all uh we all and then in pre-draft camp, I went up against a lot of guys that was projected to go mid to late first, early second. And I just destroyed most of them in a pre-draft camp, man. But what happened was I had this situation in college that came back on me. So I ended up falling to a second round. But they knew, they knew, they knew what kind of play I was um uh, coming out. When they saw me in pre-draft camp, they were they were they were stunned. They were the, the way um, I was able to everything just was seemed so natural for me. Pick and roll, defense, this, that, and the third. Everything was so natural. Just running running a the team. They 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 knew I had all that.
0: So, like, you spent like your first two or three years with the Bucks, and they had like Ray Allen, Sam Cussell, um Nick yeah, yeah. Dog, Glenn Robinson. Like, what was it like playing and learning like under that big three? It was, it was beautiful. It was, it,
1: was, it, it was wonderful, man. It, it, learning behind those guys and that team, uh, it helped, it prepared me for when I became a full time starter. When I, when I moved on after those three years, it helped me understand what it was like to be a pro, you know, uh, uh, how to win, mainly in that league. That's what I really respect the most is I learned how to win.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, when did you get your first, like, welcome to the NBA moment? Like, was it like a hard foul or was it like somebody, like, just lit you up know, for, like, 30 uh, points or something? Um,
1: uh, I want to say one time, I think I was playing against Denver, and I drove to the basket at Antonio McDice. I tried to do one of my patent floaters, and Antonio McDice was drafted, <laughs> but the ball went always like the fifth or sixth row. And I was like, oh, okay, them, them, them things I used to do in high school, the playground on college, man, I can't do that with <laughs> these, dudes. these are serious dudes. So that was my, that was really my first welcome. I never really took no hard foul or something like that, but that was my first welcome.
0: You know, um, what was it like playing under um, George Carl? Like, did you have any issues with him? Because I know, like, he always had issues with his players for some I, reason.
1: I, I didn't have an issue because I wasn't a, a rotation guy and I wasn't a starter. So – George very rarely gonna have issues with guys that really aren't in his rotation or, 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 or starting, you know, he's been in our Leafs so long, man. The good thing, I learned a lot from George, man. You know, I learned he, it, it and George knows basketball. He, he, he helps you learn your, your teammates, learn your players. George, George, he knows from a schematic scheme standpoint, he knows, he knows all those things. Um, and he knows how to manage a game and manage a season. So I learned a lot of that stuff, uh, by playing, being around George Carr and, and and being
0: on that team. You know, like your second year in the league or one, like you guys took the Sixers to seven games in the conference finals, but Iverson, he like, he was cooking Cassell. Like, like Sam, he was good on, on offense, but he was horrible on defense. And I think that series might've went differently if they would have like played you more just to stick Iverson.
1: Well, I, I don't know. But Sam, you know, I think obviously at that time was a hard cut for everyone in the league, man. You know, and not just Sam. Sam, uh, Sam's one of the toughest guards that I've seen. One of the most confident guards that I've ever been around. Uh, um, but the, obviously, it was a tough cover for anybody at, the league at that time. It was the league MVP. Um, um, it's a couple of things that could have went right, over, right for us in that series that, you know, we probably would have prevailed, you know. Um, it, but it was, listen, it was a beautiful series to be around. Beautiful circuit to be around, man. And I I like I said it helped me later on in life to be prepared for I've been in my I've been in game sevens. Uh and and I understand what it was like just by playing, playing, I mean being on that team that, that lost to Ivy City.
0: You know, before we move on from the Bucks, I always had this theory that he got game was about you. <laughs> nah nah, nah. Is that true?
1: Nah. nah. I don't know who everybody thinks it's about Stefan, but I don't even think it was about Stefan because just some of the things just weren't it weren't fit. So the only person they probably could think of been about was Stefan, because they did link in and all that. But even that part, uh even the whole thing with that, because God bless his soul, Stephon's dad was in his life. Uh, Stefan's dad never so the whole thing about like when, when Denzel is trying to get back in his son's life, that never happened with Stefan because Stephon's dad was always there in his life. So I don't know who that I don't know who it was. It was it's just a good basketball story. But, you know,
0: that's what. Sure. Yeah, yeah, All right. So after the Bucks, you played with um, Toronto. Like, what was it like playing with um, Air Canada in his prime back then?
1: He was wonderful, man. It, it, yeah, he has like he, he almost looked like he was unstoppable during those days when he was in his prime, man. It was, it was, he could fade away and make it. He he could, he could jump over everybody. You know, he could post you up. He could hit threes. Um uh, you know, I think one thing that eluded him was was really um carrying being able to carry a team. Now, I know he found he found how hard that would that was, man, to carry a team. Um uh, but you know, I played him briefly up there. It was, it was pretty good, man. It's interesting. I threw my threw him, I threw him a lot of passes.
0: <laughs> like, what's the best um Vince Carter story that you have? It could be like on the court, I off the that, court.
1: You- to be honest, y'all don't have him, man. Vince was just when I can mean, like say he's like a mild, mellow dude, man. He just wasn't not that outspoken guy. He, 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 a friendly guy, a friendly guy, man. But he's not, he's not uh, outspoken, uh, anything like that.
0: All right. So like after Toronto, like you went to heaven, or as I call it, Miami, and like um that '04 team, that team was lit. Like you guys had Lamar Odom, Karan Butler. Um, I think D Wade was in his first or second year at that time. And then you guys upset um, New Orleans in the first round. Like, like, what was it like playing that year in Miami?
1: Well, that was a beautiful year in Miami. Um, It was Dwayne's rookie year, but the greatest part was playing with Lamar Odom, two guys from Queens to be teammates. We couldn't really Mm -hmm. hang out like we wanted to because I was on a, I was on a, like a non-guaranteed deal. So I had to try to, Buckled down. They, they, he just gave Lamar a big deal. So I had to try to, you know, get my, try to, you know, stay, stay on party. Try to get me a good contract. So what happened was, uh, uh we started out really bad, and then out of nowhere, man, the team just gelled, and we just stayed together. We just hung tight, man, and and, and um, we end up become, we end up being the number four seed. So we, the beating New Orleans wasn't an upset because we, we were the number four seed. They was the five seed. So beating them wasn't an upset because we were would, we were would technically the better team. You know, we the better team.
0: Man, was it hard for you not to go out and party in Miami?
1: I did party. It just wasn't. It wasn't an, a lot, and it wasn't. Yeah. A, 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 it wasn't with Lamar a lot. You know, what I'm saying we had a couple of times we had a chance to step out, but not like we wanted to because we both knew <laughs> the situation I was in. You know, what I'm saying so. But we, we had we had good times, man. It was fun though. You know what I mean. On the court to play with
0: him was, was 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 fun. Was that the first time like you ever played with him? Uh, yeah, yeah, yep. Oh, so, all right. So that must have been something. So like after Miami, like you played in Houston for the next couple years, and like that's when you found your own in the NBA. Like you guys had um, Matt Yao, I think yeah. Shane Battier was on there for a while.
1: Yeah, and, like I, the Houston, and
0: the Houston. I
1: felt, the Houston years was, was great, man. It was uh, phenomenal to play with two Hall of Famers and to play with Shane was even great, the guy that is so selfless and he, all he cares about is doing whatever you need to do to help the team win, man. Like, it, Shane, guys like Shane make you want to – Shane Bad make you want to go come to the gym every day and work on one career game and just be a good teammate, be a good sport. Um, we had some good time. We had some bad time because, uh, our, our two, like I said, our two Hall of Famers, they got hurt quite a bit. Uh, yeah. But we did win one time. We did win twenty two games in a row, and, and man, that was beautiful times, man. But every time we got to the playoffs, man, something happened to where we just couldn't get out that first round, and and uh, but you know I, I wouldn't take I wouldn't take that I wouldn't let that experience go anywhere. Uh, it stays with me for the rest of my life, my years in uh, Houston.
0: You know, Boston eventually you know ended that streak. But um, during that game, like before the game even started, there was like a little tussle. Between you and Rondo, I don't want to call it a fight because that's what, because that's what because it wasn't a fight. But um, but yeah, how did that little incident happen or start between uh, this you two?
1: Rondo, Rondo being Rondo, man, Rondo, I, for mm-hmm. some reason, man, look, Rondo's a cool guy. Like, uh, I'm nothing bad to say about him, but he does try his little antics. and He he feels that he could beat beat everybody. Or I don't know what his issue is. He still does it to this day.
0: Yeah. Of a um, day. Yeah,
1: oh they short all day. Like, and for me personally, it's not so much that somebody wants to fight on the court. It's just that certain things, man, you just don't do. So I was, I was leaning over like this on my shorts, just waiting for him to put him. And he's walking up with, on, on me to on my like my, my this part of my head, like, with his with his with, mm-hmm. his with his midsection and private part. So I'm like, so I didn't move back. Like, man, what are you doing? Oh hell no! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's it's a lot of dudes like that in the NBA. Um, they do suck and stuff like that. You no, know, even big dudes, big dudes, you got big dudes in NBA, they do this, they do sucker stuff, man, that I don't know who told them that it's okay. Remember, a lot of us are from different areas, you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things that they say to each other in NBA that come from New York, I'm like, man, listen, I don't know which other game y'all playing. So, but that's, I guess that's just the way they're raised, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what going on in, because uh, he's from Louisville, I don't know what going on in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> I don't know, I know, I know Louisville, Louisville's just a tough place, man. You know what I'm saying, some tough it's some tough hoods, but I, some of the things they may or may not condone over there, I don't condone. So it, that's all that really happened, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, and, uh, you know, we just squared up and it was, that was it, it just, uh, you know what I'm saying? So that's all that really happened, man. They ended up beating us, stopping the street That was the main focus. <laughs>
0: you know, um, another famous, um, I don't want to say fight, but um, yeah, fight but. Between- with you, what happened with Matt Barnes, and then Shaq just came out of nowhere and just cleared everybody that, up. Matt Barnes, another one.
1: He does dirty okay. things like that on the court. That's that's. It's not to say he's a dirty person. Just that's what his that was his mo on the court, man. He'll do something like that. He, I was setting the pick. He just tried to like elbow me. I don't know what he was thinking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and things happen, man. Like the the good part about it, man, is I'm glad I didn't swing. Because I ran up to him, ready to swing, like man. Because again, like certain things, like man, you play ball, man. Like, don't, don't do, don't do those things. But you know, it really just got to a shoving match. It wasn't even nothing more than that. Everybody just shoving each other, man. Like I said, NBA fights is, is the corniest, corniest.
0: Tournament. Like, like, um, all right. So, um, if you were like assembling a team of basically goons from your era or this era, like who would be on it?
1: I don't know, man. Probably got guys like Charles Oakley, uh, Barkley, um, Ben Wallace, should um, Ron Artest. <laughs> I'm bad meta. Sorry, so used to calling him wrong, but meta, meta P. Um, but
0: you
1: know, I mean, that's it. I, mean, I don't know, man, because some people <laughs> act like that on the court, you see them in real life, like. Where's that tough stuff you used to, You know, because some people know they can get away with certain things,
0: man. And that's most people, like especially people on Twitter. Like they might talk shit on Twitter, but like if you, you around know. them, you it's know, it's like
1: that on the basketball court. They're
0: not giving that energy.
1: It's like that on the basketball. Court. I'm gonna do this because I know, I know the referees is gonna break it up, and the security everybody gonna break it up. So let me try. Let me do this because I know it's gonna get broken. That's why I said the NBA fights the corniest fights in the world. <laughs> man, why are you? I, I never said why they're
0: doing it. I don't understand. All right. So like after Houston, like you spent a little bit of time in Orlando, and like you were like an important part of their run to the finals because um, Jameer Nelson had got hurt, but he, but then like within the finals, he was clear to come back and then right. they had been shoot for him. Like, did you feel kind of a certain way about that? Because I think um, they would have played you more or played you and Jameer together kind of would have went differently. Instead of like losing in five, could have went longer. I would say.
1: I don't know. I mean, we listen. He, everyone feels that Jameer come back messes up. I we don't, man. As his teammates, man, it, it, the tip you had to the late. They were the better team. You know, whenever you lose mm-hmm. in a series, the, the, the better team won. It, it's that simple. They beat us four games of one, so that's convincing. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it matters He started. I started. Cause I started every game. Like people people when they bring up that situation, they think, oh, skip the coach didn't start. I started every game. It's just my minutes were down normally from my normal minutes that without the throughout the playoffs. But Jameer didn't mess anything up. It's just the mere fact that we ran into one of the greatest plays of all time and people underestimate their team, you know, with Lamar, Pagasol, uh Fisher, Adriza. All these guys, man, and the roles that they played on that team was just so fitting. And you know they beat us, man. I didn't. I, I had one. I had a couple of. I too, they had two good games, solid games. But the other two or three was wasn't as good.
0: You know, and if you're gonna lose, like who better than than um, than Kobe and um, Phil and Powell and Lamar yeah. and the rest of those boys? Like, um, can you talk about, like the brilliance of Kobe Bryant? That he displayed during that series and just his overall brilliance before he left us.
1: He just is—he's is, such a uh, um, dynamic player out there. Uh, his ability to defeat all defenses that's thrown at him uh, makes him so special. Right? You gotta remember—he prepares for all kind of the, the double team. He prepares for. Big guys being thrown on them, small guys, picking them up. He, he he prepares for every last bit of that. So that's what makes him so dynamic that he's a, he's a step ahead of the, the coaches, on our, the opposing coaches. He's a step ahead of them because he just knows what they – he doesn't see everything come out of his way, so he knows how to uh, defeat it. So it, it, that's how what makes him so good.
0: You know, you played in China for a bit. Was that um, like coming – from the NBA to China, was that like kind of a hit on your ego or nah. did you just go kind of to the floor? I
1: really just did that because uh, I remember mean, I told y'all I would always go play in China. I do that for when I play with them. So, um, playing in China, team, I was one of the best teams, man. and My team was good. Um, I scored 31 points when we played against Stefan Marbury and them team. We beat them. Like, we, we beat a lot of dudes out there. Man. I was on like one of the top three or four teams out there. And then what happened was my close friend, Godless Is so escalated, passed away. So I asked the team, can I go back, help bury my my close friends? And the cultures are different. They they felt that if it wasn't your biological brother, sister, mother, father, that they you just, you don't worry about that stuff. And I'm like, well, the culture is different in New York. I mean, in, uh, in America, that all I want to do is just go do that and get on the next plane, smoking back to uh, China. And they didn't they didn't like that. They try to make it like I didn't like it. I'm like, I loved it there.
0: You know, um, I was watching a a, a YouTube clip of um, of you and Iverson going like going at it in China. Like, no, no, um,
1: no we, we weren't going at it. We were just it was, it was like exhibition thing we put on out there. We weren't really playing, mm-hmm. uh, No, nah, it wasn't like that. It was uh, just, we, we were out there
0: for like an exhibition thing. Oh, fun game, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, did your popularity kind of increase because of your association with the Rockets and playing with Yao and um, and T Mac? And being an N one athlete because N one is huge over there.
1: Yeah, yeah, right there because y'all y'all also helped it become big over there in China as well.
0: All right, so kind of looking back on on the totality of your career, like what is the legacy of um, Skip To My Lou, for also?
1: Um, <laughs> I guess a guy that you know um, that just loved to play basketball, man. That that um. I tell people a lot that, man, basketball really shaved, helped save my life. And basketball, like, basketball means something totally different to Ray right, for Skits, my law, than, than it does to the average kid that was playing ball. You know, and that's what I tell people all the time that basketball was something that, you know, I don't know where I would be without it. Um, um, you know, some people say, what would, I, what would you, if you didn't play basketball, if you did, or if you didn't play this, what would you be doing? I couldn't even tell you what I would be doing. Um, I, to be honest with you, I don't think it would have been something good. So basketball, yeah. if you think about Ray Foster, man, you, you should uh, schism other you think about basketball, especially the ones that grew up with uh, with me, around me, or played with and against me. They know. I mean, every time they turned around somewhere, they knew I was either in the park or playing in some tournament or doing something, you know, with the basketball. So uh, you think about me, just think think about basketball.